The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 13th, 2023, season 19, episode number 69. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Today we talk about Cowboys' big victory, 49-17, over the listless Giants. That was a game that uh, I guess we all expected that, and you kind of were just hoping the Dallas wouldn't overlook them. They certainly did not. Uh, came out and gave their very, very best effort and uh, and put them away fairly early as we all expected they would. Let's start first with storylines of the game. Uh, is there a storyline in this game other than total domination? It's a wrong show. Huh? Wrong show. That's another show. Oh. That's Nick's show. Oh, storyline. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Well, that means you got to start off now. She feels oh, some kind of no. way about storyline, yeah, just for the record. Oh, no. Now you're out there. Let's go. Um... Great win, for yeah. sure. Fun. Definitely fun to watch. It's one of those uh, non-stressful games that you're watching. Uh, but at the same time, it's, uh, I got to keep reminding myself, it is the Giants. You know, one of those things like, okay, yeah, great, but let's, let's keep it real. Yeah. And it's just, it's wonderful when you see the offense work that way with all of their receivers. It's great to see Dak playing the way that he's continuously playing week after week. I think his game, regardless of the opponent, I think he's brought, uh, he's doing really, really good. And there's no much hate you can give him in the last few weeks as far as the game that he's been presenting. And just seeing players like Michael Gallup keep blowing out and playing the way that he is. Brandon Cooks just now getting accustomed and acclimated and being now a true part of this offense and as well as Michael Gallup kind of, again, one of those things that you cannot dismiss Michael Gallup when he has bad games and all that. Then he comes back and has one or two plays that you're like, okay, yeah, that's Michael Gallup and that's why he's here. Uh, So all in all, just great effort and everything that they did the uh, the offense but I would love to see that carry over <laughs> in games that are against better teams um I mean there's it's a laundry list of of um, headlines that we can pull from this but um and of course Cooks being one of the biggest ones but I'm, I'm going to go right to the offensive line play uh, it was much improved yesterday. And, yes, it is It is against the Giants. It was against the Giants. But it's the same Giants front that had, before he left the game with a uh, concussion, Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence in the middle. Um, and they only allowed five pressures on Dak Prescott. Yeah. No sacks. Um, Terrence Steele uh, had a strong bounce back game. Was it perfect? No, it was not. You could talk about the, uh, the first offensive possession um, on that goal to go. Uh, he had... One of two decisions to make on that final fourth and goal, he could have taken the the rusher, the pass rusher, or he could have taken the linebacker, and he went to the linebacker, and that's why that that, uh, run didn't get in. But outside of that, he played very well. Um, You talk about Michael Gallup, for example, that 
40-plus yard touchdown pass down the right side to Michael Gallup, that does not happen if Steele doesn't drop his anchor uh, and protect Dak Prescott's front side. So that gave Dak the confidence to stand in there and make that throw. So for all of the um, rightful criticism that we've given the offensive line over the past several weeks, Terrence Steele as well, they had a very strong bounce-back game, and uh, Dak did the rest. Brandon Cook, CeeDee Lamb, they just went crazy, and then the fun got spread around from there with Jake Ferguson and Michael Gallup and, and Jalen Brooks as well. I mean, the undrafted rookie gets out there, and he makes several catches for several plays. So um, another offensive explosion for the Cowboys, difference being that this was not a game of inches. Um, this was, like you said, Derek, domination from minute one. Smothered a rookie quarterback. You know, that was they didn't really give him any opportunity. Even when you start getting sacks on three-step drops and, you know, plays like that, then you know you're doing a pretty good job. Felt like on the outside, the one big opportunity that the Giants had, they, the, the Cowboys were able to intercept the ball because Hyatt had gotten past uh, he'd gotten past uh, Gilmore and he was past Hooker. And it's just a great read. That's what you have with Deron Bland on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. Is you have a guy when his guy drives down inside and it's and now it's he just turns and he looks and he sees a, a guy streaking up the middle of the field and he's able to adjust and get over across from and make the play like he did. That just shows you got a very aware player and you got a defense that's locked in. They just did not give them anything running the football. They really didn't give them anything throwing the ball as well. Uh, they mixed up the way their pressures, the way they played their front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tank got a Tank got the Micah Parsons uh, sack where you line up over the center, and then you know, so they were just moving guys around, trying some different looks, and it worked out really, really well for them. But uh, you know, good job of of not allowing them to get any kind of momentum yesterday in that football game on offense. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't think we can talk about this game without really starting with Dak Prescott, the way that he played yesterday, uh, and really the way he's played over the last three weeks. He's had now the past three games, he's had 304 yards, 374 yards, 404 yards yesterday. Mm -hmm. He's had 11 passing touchdowns, two interceptions. uh, Really has, has, in my opinion, in these three games, has put this offense on his back because the running game has not really been there uh, in the way that you would Mm -hmm. expect it to. And what we all expected was the running game and the defense were going to be the strengths of this team really over the last three weeks what we've seen is Dak Prescott and his arm are the reason why they are playing such good football offensively um where do you get how much credit do you give him for that I know obviously this was the Giants but when you look at the last few games how much credit oh, are you giving moved, him for now taking the team and putting it on his back he moved the ball against Philadelphia yeah you know and again they didn't have a running game in the Philadelphia game I think the Cowboys are doing a much better job of there was a time during the Jason Garrett administration where they wouldn't take advantage of bad teams where they wouldn't take advantage if you had a weakness in your secondary or you had a weakness on your offensive line or you had a weakness. It seemed like that the Jason Garrett teams just would never like just say, okay, you're not good at this and we're going to hammer you on it. And I think where Dak has done a really good job is the fact, yeah, there was pressure in the Philadelphia game last week, but their secondary got compromised in that game. And what did he do? He kept throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And he was getting hit, but he was throwing the ball. And I think that's where we're at right now is this Cowboys offense with McCarthy and Schottenheimer and the guys – they they will they will they're going to route combination you now they're going to throw the ball down the field if you're bad in certain spots they're going to take advantage of it and I think that's the great thing about it is that to me is what football is all about if you're not good enough and you know and you and you just keep running the same guys out there every snap. 
then you deserve to get punished for being for playing that way. And that's what the Cowboys have been doing offensively. Um, I give a ton of credit to, to Dak, obviously. And I love what Mike McCarthy is doing play calling wise. But I don't think play calling was the issue for the majority of what, while the offense was struggling or when it was struggling. It was execution like we talked about. Um, but if you go back to the Chargers game and Dak Prescott finally going for a dirty Dak, as I like to call him, um, using his legs, extending the play, trying to will the offense to a victory like he did in Los Angeles. Then, of course, you saw what he did with taking the next step um, with this offense with the Rams. Goes to Philadelphia. Yeah, you lose that game of inches, but move the ball very well against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the question, and you brought it up uh, after the, the drubbing at the hands of the 49ers, was can Dak Prescott handle man coverage? Okay, well, now we are in yet another week in which he has surgically dissected man coverage. He had 404 total yards against the uh, against the Giants, 200 of those yards, and three of his four passing touchdowns against man coverage. So now that Dak Prescott and his playmakers, they're getting the separation, they're making the plays, you're not seeing many drops here or there. That's going to make this offense that much more dangerous because they were already lethal against zone coverage. But if they're equally as lethal against man coverage, I mean, that's really the good luck to opposing defenses going forward. Where I'll disagree with you is that Dak Prescott, the first five weeks of the season, they had the lowest air yards of any – them and the, the Colts were the two lowest mm-hmm. air yard teams in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, him and Richardson, the quarterback, from something's changed. Whether it was CeeDee Lamb's you – know, maybe after the San Francisco game, I know they didn't have the opportunity to mm-hmm. practice. But somebody made an effort to say, we need to play differently. We need to play differently offense. Because we don't see – you occasionally see, like yesterday, maybe one or two slants. The first four or five weeks, it was slant flat, slant flat, slant flat all day. There, the ball wasn't going down the field. Mm-hmm. And now you see routes. Whether Yesterday was the first time that we saw with, with Cooks just run a straight vertical route, no safety help in the middle of the field. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom, just take off. Dak lays it out there. The pass to Gallup down the field. I mean, the first four or five weeks of the season, this offense, somebody made a decision not to open thing, to open things up for Dak Prescott. Wait, wait, wait. So, so are we saying that the Cowboys are attacking deep middle down the field? No, I'm saying they're just attacking no, down no, the field. No, they are though. That's my point. You're you're correct, but they're also. But they're attacking. not. But 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 you were you were saying that to me offensively there was something not right, whether it's play calling or scheme the first several weeks. But I, I agree with that because if you go back several episodes when we were talking about one of the science lab episodes was when I said the Cowboys need to attack deep middle and stop forcing teams to just or allowing teams to attack only. No, I was just commenting about the fact that you said it's not. It wasn't a play calling mm-hmm. issue. That's what I, I'm like. To me, it was a play calling issue. The, when, when they got to when they got to after the San Francisco game, they decided that we've got to we've got to play more open here. But in the Chargers game, the Rams game, well, not necessarily the Eagles game because we saw a couple of deep middles. But in the Chargers and the Rams game, they still were not attacking deep middle. We're seeing that now versus the ball. The, the ball. The, there was more passes going down the field. The last four or five weeks, we've seen more passes down the field. I say the first four games of the season, we. Didn't see that. Right. If you remember, going back to the early part of the season, we actually did those breakdowns using the, the next gen stats. Right. And we were showing they were basically, it was all underneath stuff. It was all underneath. But I, yeah. I it, and I agree with both of you to some degree because, Brian, I, I think the way I look at it is I think what happened was I think these things were always in the offense. I think that at some point they said, you know, we're not doing our quarterback. I think I think when they went into the season, they said we're going to ease into this new offense we're, and we're going to give Dak time to kind of get acclimated mm-hmm. to it. I think at some point they said, 
screw that. Let's just go. Yeah. Like, let's just go. Let's just open yeah. it up and let's see what happens. And I think when they open it up, they realize, yeah, okay, we got this. Like, the quarterback knows what he's doing. He can make these throws. The receivers can get open. You can make things happen, especially if you're going to utilize the skills of a C.D. Lamb and not just kind of whenever go to the open man. Like, you're literally going to get the ball to him and make an effort to get the ball to him, even in situations where he may look like he's covered, like in the instance yesterday, he makes the one hand catch. He's clearly covered on that play. Mm-hmm. You throw the ball where you can, where he can make a play. He makes a play. I think that's what's happened as the season's going on. Is that more people, have, all of them, have gotten comfortable with this offense to the point where the coaches are also comfortable. And Mike even talked about it after the game yesterday. He was like, "We have gotten better as coaches as the season has worn on of knowing what we should be calling, when we should be calling, and trusting these guys to make." See, the plays. but that's what I'm saying. I think it was after the San Francisco game where they sat down and they said. We've got to do something differently yeah. here. You know, we can't sit here and just expect to keep throwing the ball underneath. You know, and they have a quarterback that, and he's shown that the last four weeks that he's capable. If you open things up for him, and you're not, and you're not worried about interceptions, and you're not worried about, you know, he's he's going to be accurate and make throws. I mean, he's punishing. You're right. I mean, he punishes people. Zone man, it hasn't mattered. Yeah. But the, the but his eyes are down the field and the ball's down the field. And, more. and that's that's where I think we have a, a small divide, a divide nonetheless, but a small divide. The reason I say it's not as much play calling, and which is why I said a lot of credit to Dak Prescott, because if you go back and you look at San Francisco and pre San Francisco, those routes were down the field. They were open down the middle. They were open deep. You saw Jake Ferguson deep down the middle. Open ball wouldn't go to him. Ceedee Lamb down the middle deep ball wouldn't go to him. The question was would Dak become comfortable with pulling that trigger again? And now he's become comfortable with pulling that trigger, which no a lot reason, of it goes to Russell. There's no reason for a veteran quarterback not to be not to pull the trigger. I mean, I agree I mean, with that. The, the, and the yet guy, he was the guy not. yesterday for the Giants didn't pull the trigger on three strap drop. You know? I agree. There is no there was no reason for him to not pull the trigger yeah. outside of PTSD from most of his interceptions coming deep middle. Or Mike McCarthy and the coaches saying, don't, we're, we're going to attack underneath. Or a combination well, and, of the And two. could it also be a partially that as Dak was getting acclimated to this offense, maybe he wasn't making it that far into the he read. Was, maybe he, he was he was getting shows. to the he was getting to the quick and easy throw, and he was making the quick and easy there throw. So, I don't know. There was so much thought which about which could also go to the offensive line flux at that time. There was so much thought about getting the ball out of his hand. Yeah, there was. I mean, it was it was a nauseum they talked about that. Right. You know, and so to me, this this offense now is better. Whether it's stuff that they went back and are trying to, you actually do see combinations of routes that get guys open. You know, you see Dak Prescott; they run two they run two slants as a pick, and he throws the ball to the right guy. You know, you're starting to see things that I didn't see yeah. in the first three or four weeks of the season, the way that they're operating right now. And frankly, they still have a lot of quick passes in this offense. Like, this is still a rhythm offense. It's just that now, as you said, Brian, he knows when those opportunities are there, and he's looking downfield, and he's finding those when he knows that they're there. And he's making that play yesterday to CeeDee Lamb down the field, mm-hmm. where basically he had him running a route, but, but CeeDee was kind of slowing down and waiting, and he said, Go! And CD immediately took off, and he hits him downfield. Like those are the kind of things where I think that was all a Dak engineered moment, where he's like, "Hey, that safety's already taken by the by by Cooks, who's coming across the mm-hmm. field. You got opportunity downfield, go. And I'm just gonna loft it up, and you go get it." And another know? example of that would be in one of the handful of times where he was actually pressured and then hit. And I posted the clip on Twitter last night. Um, that big gainer took Cooks over the middle that ends up on you know over on the sideline. Um, 
Dak stands in there, sees Dexter Lawrence coming, and he just grown man throw. He puts that on a dot, and it's a huge play. Now, does he make that play earlier in the season, first three or four weeks? Probably not, which goes to what I was saying. I felt like he needed to be more comfortable in just trusting the playmaker would make the play. Stand in there, make the throw, because thankfully yesterday the offensive line gave him protection quite a bit, actually. But in the times they didn't, he still trusted that his playmaker would make the play. Hell, that was that particular play, C.D. Lamb. Deck steps in the pocket, pocket breaks down. He's like, the hell with this. He runs out right, and he's like, I'm just going to throw to that open spot. C.D. Lamb turns around, comes back, and gets the ball. It's a big play. That's the kind of game that Dak Prescott and this offense can have when the trust is there and when Dak is willing to pull the trigger. Yeah, so he, he admitted he was to trying do. to throw that ball away. Yeah. Lamb, yeah. Lamb just was able to get away from Holmes. That was a good play on his part. Yeah. I think what it took was uh, C.D. getting pissed and getting mad on the sideline mm-hmm. that one game, and after that, they came back, and since then, they've been better offensively. And I don't know <laughs> what kind of what happened there, but they make it work. They made it work. And everyone listening to this podcast, they know the full trajectory of Dak Prescott since the moment he got here. They know how much help he had from the O line. Seek everybody else. We also have seen the transition of players being gone, and you. Getting new talent. You've seen the transition of changing uh, changes in coaching staff. Also, now the change in the the scheme and everything. You've moved every single part possible, <laughs> but your quarterback. So this is the moment where okay, now it's all fully on deck, and I think now he's fully shown what it looks like without even a running uh, running game. He's not getting help from the run game. So he's taking on that. And it, that's what it's been impressive for me to see and what I've been hoping and wanting to see from him. And we're finally, we've gone like three weeks. One is now consistent. It's becoming something consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, him being able to just feel comfortable. You don't see him going back to last year or hesitant, second-guessing, being cautious because of that previous injury. He's comfortable again. He's using his legs, escaping and running whenever he can or sees needed and possible, and just feeling more comfortable with his receivers, just being everybody on the same page. So I think he's currently doing everything that everyone has been asking for him to do as the quarterback. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll keep talking about this game. We're going to talk a little about the receivers and the running game. What's going on with the running game? They had a good overall total production day uh, from the standpoint of the numbers, but there still are some things that make you question. We're going to talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com review. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in 
in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you back to the break <laughs> the salvation army's 27th annual red point. kettle kickoff returns to at&t stadium this thanksgiving get excited to watch the one and only dolly parton rock the stage during the halftime when your Dallas Cowboys go head-to-head with the Washington Commanders. Tune in at 3.30 on CBS. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking the Cowboys win over the Giants 49-17. They score a total of, what is that, 90, 89 points yeah. in two games uh, and only allow 17. That's, that's pretty I think Blockchain would be pretty proud of that effort, to be honest with you. And that's why this yeah. segment is brought to you by Blockchain. <laughs> Proud of that effort, I think. <laughs> My guy Brian, well, well I'm glad I got you here with me. Well, All right, let's, uh, they let's do pay bills. Yeah, let's continue talking about this offense. They do. Um, let's talk about the uh, the, the receivers. Um, yesterday we had two huge performances, yeah. and and I, I'll ask you guys this question. Check out these numbers. So you had uh, on the one hand, Brandon Cooks goes nine catches for 173 yards on a touchdown, by far his best production of the season. Right. C.D. Lamb goes 11 catches, 151 yards, a touchdown. Uh, He also has a rush for a 14-yard touchdown as well. Uh, He is the first player in NFL history, history, to have three back-to-back-to-back games uh, for 150 yards and 10-plus catches. Which was more impressive to you? Is this price go- keep going up every time? <laughs> it, yes. it just every time. keeps moving. <laughs> it's on a price. It's, it's like oh, you, right. I think you were the one that was like, it's like the price and right. The yodeler. We got the yodeler guy. He's just moving right on up, right on up. And then we're gonna fall over the cliff. Oh my god. Today's price ain't yesterday's price. No. It's always going to be obviously what Cooks did impressive. Needless to say, uh, he fell only 14 yards shy of breaking his um, single season career high as far as most receiving yards in the game. But we're talking about NFL history, uh, and NFL history being made is always going to be the the more impressive of uh, when compared against anything. So seeing the um, the heater that C.D. Lamb is on, and I like what Dak Prescott said yesterday in the press conference. He said he's not going to describe what C.D. Lamb is doing as being on a heater. He feels this is just, this is what C.D. Lamb looks yes. like, uh, and I like that. I like I like it a lot. 
So, <laughs> so uh, when it comes to that, I mean, something clicked after the San Francisco game, and Ceedee Lamb has been playing out of his mind um, through these past several games. He's he had, I'm tired of this. Yeah, he had he has <clears throat> been the best then, receiver in the yeah. NFL he died, that, yeah. <clears throat> in these past several games. So, um, and especially when you look at how storied the NFL is, when you look at how storied the the Cowboys are as a franchise, as far as wide receivers that have come through here, to see him achieve that. And we still have several more games to go in this regular season for him to do it again. Uh, and he's about to go against a, a Panthers team who, if the Cowboys don't play down a competition, he might have another shot at it. So, yeah, CeeDee Lamb, he made NFL history. That's going to take the crown for me. Yeah, they're going to need other guys to step up, too, because not everybody is going to be the New York Giants out there playing in the secondary. I mean, teams are going to try and figure out. And CD even said it after the game that he's facing his share of double teams, and he's right about that. He's doing a great job. I think the most impressive thing about these wide receivers is how well they complement each other and help each other when it comes to route running. And, and you're seeing that a lot better. You know, we mentioned the, the, the crossing route that he had when he had a 25-yard gain. And when you watch the play, it's really two clear out routes. Gallup mm-hmm. and Lamb get up the field, and then McLeod is playing man coverage, and he can't stay with he can't stay with Cooks because you got the clear outs, which clears the area. Now you got a, a crosser coming all the way, and then Dak. We all know when Dak runs to his left or moves to his left, and he can square his shoulders, he can throw a really good ball. Yeah. And so you know that's that's the thing that I've I've really am impressed by that it's just like you know you got others as like Lamb is having this incredible run here, but what's he's doing? He's running a clear out, Gallup running a clear out, you know taking their guys, not being lazy, getting up the field, doing what you're supposed to do. Patrick talked about it, a little bit of offense with some execution and stuff like that. That's what you got to have, you know. If you're going to be successful with these huge chunk plays, it's usually somebody else doing some dirty work to get the other the ball, and that's what the Cowboys did yesterday with their receivers. You know, real quick, and before you before you throw that in, I also want to say it was a similar thing on that play I was talking about earlier, where where Lamb goes downfield and, yeah. and Dak tells him keep going. Right. I mean, it was Cooks that came across on the crossing right. route. He occupies that safety, so the safety can't go deep with with CD. Right. He's got to take a choice, and it was one of the things we talked about. After the San Francisco game where I was like, they weren't doing enough, in my opinion, in the offensive scheme of forcing defenders to have to make a decision. Force a safety into a situation where he said, I got to take one of these two guys and somebody's going to be open. Somebody's going to have an opportunity. And I thought that's what we saw yesterday. We saw a number of times where safeties were having to make a choice and whatever choice they made, Cowboys took advantage of the other. I'm glad Jerry got to convince him to wear number 88 jersey because he, I mean, he fits right in. He, he's been, he just looks so natural and comfortable. And a lot of times I'm watching and there are many, many plays that I don't think he's going to catch. And not because I don't, I think anything less of him, but because, you know, you just think, oh, no, he has, he's double team, like you mentioned. And then he catches it. I'm like, Damn. The one-handed catch was ridiculous. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Getting interfered. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's why he only had yeah. one hand. Yeah. The catch he made, and I, I think you guys remember this one, he, he pivots inside and then he goes horizontal. And usually they try and scoop that ball. Yeah. He caught – he put his hands and went over the top of it. Yep. And that just shows you right there how locked in he is that – he could lay horizontally and the ball and be going away and turn around yeah. and catch the Strong ball. Strong hands. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, it was, I mean, the one-handed catch was great, but they, it was almost like he was a soccer goalie trying to stop a ball. But the way he was able to put 
the only chance he had was to turn his hands over, yep. and he did. I mean, mm. that quickly he made the adjustment and caught the football. It's one of the best catches I've seen in a long time by a receiver having to adjust and go back and try and get a football. And, Brian, you talk about a guy being in the zone. Um, Dak Prescott, when he tried to throw the ball out of the back of the end zone, yeah. here's C.D. Lamb. I don't know where he came from. Yeah, here's C.D. Lamb <laughs> coming out of nowhere, nearly making a, another spectacular yeah. one-handed grab with the defender draped all over him. So it, it's – CeeDee Lamb is in one of those zones where if the ball is anywhere near him, yeah. you just have to assume now he's going to figure out a way to get that ball. This is Oklahoma CeeDee Lamb. When yes, they drafted no him, I was like, man, no this dude is what he was in college. He's going to be remarkable, and he's reaching that plateau now. He's one of those guys who get the ball in his hands. You find a way to get the ball in his hands because he makes things happen when he gets the ball in his hands. All right, let's talk about the running game. This is uh, an area where the Cowboys, you know what, actually, we're going to take a a little break because I know this conversation is probably going to last a bit longer. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Let's talk about the rushing game, uh, talk about Rico Dottle and Tony Pollard. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Tis the season for youth football and dance camps presented by Evisalign. Don't miss your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at uh, DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. Merry Christmas to everyone. <laughs> it's that can, time can, of the year. Can we get Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Ah, We've had this thing. conversation. Same thing. Stop skipping holidays. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. All right. Uh, we are back. It is the Be final segment of the days, really, aren't you? Yeah, we will. We, yeah. Hey, In Miami. During... Everyone's good to Miami for Christmas, right? Uh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, he looked dead yeah. at you, Amber. Yeah. Are you... 
No. I want to be home. I want to be in my house with my warm heater you're, you're on. Miami and Christmas. That's it's going to be warm in Miami. You'll be fine. It'll be 85. Yeah. be that one time when it was pouring down sideways in that game in Miami. And then three minutes day. later, it'll be sun and hot. Oh, yeah. God. It was That's Miami. Bacon out there. That's Take Miami. me other, any other day of the year, but around Christmas. You're out on that one. You gonna, yeah. Are we going to fake an injury that day? What are we going to do? Oh, yeah. Tyron Smith, maybe? Illness. <laughs> yeah, y'all might right. not see me. <laughs> Is COVID still a thing? Yeah. You're going to be like, do I need to wear my mask? She got her mask on yeah. Yeah, all week. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's talk about the running game. Uh, yesterday, got Rico Dowdle, 12 carries for 79 yards, a mm. 6.6 average, mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Tony Pollard, 15 carries, 55 yards, a 3.7 average. Um, I guess my first question is, is there something that you've discerned from what you've seen, whether you're watching the game live or watching it back on tape, that gives you an indication why Dowdle is so much more successful in this game, particularly running the ball, than, than Tony Pollard was? Just go ahead. Just go ahead. No, you, you, no, no. You've been analyzing this play that you want to talk about on the show. <laughs> That's go not ahead. what a host does. Go a, host, a host lobs it up. And then lets everybody else this take is, a chance. This is like yeah, the old show Perry Mason. He was a lawyer. <laughs> right. Perry Mason never asked a question he didn't know the answer to. Yeah. And Derek knows the answer to this oh, question. Yeah. Honestly, oh, yeah. a good host Derek, should never Derek, should Derek, never not know the answer to the question Derek, he's asking. Let me host on Friday. He's holding it so he can come back Derek, and argue. What do, you, what do you think the difference is between Pollard and uh, and Dowdle right now running the ball? Okay, I'm going to give you my opinion since you ask. Um, <laughs> I, I I saw several plays in the game where yeah. I thought. Uh, I thought there were there were situations where he had opportunities. There were holes there. Right. I don't think he saw them. I don't know that he saw them in time. Um, I do think it, it, it doesn't mean that the blocking was perfect because I don't think the blocking was necessarily perfect on all of these. But I do think there were opportunities there on the on the table. And what I'm seeing that's different, in my opinion, is I think Dowdle, Dowdle is seeing the field really well. And when he sees that crease, he's through it. And there is no second guessing. There is no – I think there are two plays in particular that pointed that out for me for Pollard. Uh, there was one play uh, near the end of the first quarter uh, where I think he was kind of going to his right. Pressing there the was, hole, yeah, yeah, and there was a hole to his left, yeah. uh, but he saw it a little too late. And mm-hmm. and he he actually eventually tried to get back to the hole. He ended up getting three yards, but I think if he had done that a step or two earlier, he has a lot of green grass. I mean, everything was blocked up on that play pretty well. I think he would have had a big play. And also on the play, Patrick and I were talking about it in the break, yeah. on the play there on the goal line that you mentioned where you thought that maybe Steele should have, held. should have held that block a little longer. I actually personally think that that play was designed like that where Steele was to get to the second level and and the running back just needed to hit the hole. And as you if you go and watch it, hesitation. Yeah, he hesitated there. Yeah. Pollard got the ball, he got to the hole, and he kind of took a a step and just pause for a second and then went. And I think if he wouldn't have paused, if he would have just hit the hole, I don't think that that defensive end would have had an opportunity to crash down hard enough to get to him. And he probably gets into the end zone. How and so, many of those happen? Like that, it was only a few. Of, it was only a few, okay. but that's also the thing when you're talking about the you difference a, between the yeah, backs, right? Yeah. You're, you have a few plays in a game where everything gets blocked up perfectly, right? You know, and if you don't take advantage of those, then you're going to have a very pedestrian type day. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things on Tony Pollard's plate right now, and I, and I think it, and I say it in a way of, you know, he he understands that he was a franchise tag player, and he's maybe he's pressing a little bit on some things. And is he patient enough for some of the, you know, is he patient enough? Is he is he pressing the hole too quick? And there's really stuff that he, it's opening up. 
to the left or to the right. And he's just not, he's just so anxious about, mm-hmm. I got to get up. I got to get through. I got to, you know, and, and backs do that. They get to the point where, and the blocking hasn't been great. A lot of these snaps. I mean, he, he, you know, heavy box, you know, they don't block the eighth guy who makes the tackle the eighth guy. Yeah. You know, there was a time where Tony Pollard would make the first guy miss and then he yeah. would be into this, you know, it was, you know, Zeke Elliott averaging like four yards a carry. Last year, Tony Pollard averaging 5.5. And it, you know, he was like, everybody was like, damn, can't you see it? One guy's quicker. One guy's making it happen. One, you know, every, that was and the, that was, and now here we are. And now we're looking at Dowdle. And the example of, the example of like the flip play that went for 21 yards. I was just looking at that play. And, yep. and you're kind of sitting there thinking, maybe Tyron Smith might have messed up. Because what happened, everybody's stepping to their left but Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. And you're going, whoa, did they just get away with one with, with, with Ojolari coming up the field? And then you got Dowdle makes him miss. And now you've got a 21-yard gain because you got Biotish up, you've got Steele up, you've got all these guys running interference. But Tyron Smith kind of – you don't know if he – did he go the wrong way? Did he? Did he? Was he supposed to get that guy? But yeah, but he did get to the second level and made the block on the second yeah, level. But, but he he, he should have probably but, gone but yeah, out. Yeah, he, he you could tell he in the huddle. It's like it's like Biotish hits him like oh, kind of like oh, hey, you're supposed to be you know they run into each other yeah. and it kind of works out. But that's been the difference like with Rico. It's kind of like he's been able to make guys miss, yep. and then when he gets hit. He's kind of spinning for extra yards and stuff like that, so it looks different. But, man, there's times where Pollard, he does need to see it better, but there's also times where it is blocked by nobody. Yeah. And he's, and he's, and he's suffered because of that. For me, it's, it, it goes back to what we, we keep talking about. I mean, as this season rolls along, um, I mean, the RB1 throne comes with a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of dirty work, and it just it beats up on a guy. And so you're, you're likely not going to see the 2022 or 2021 version of Pollard in 23. I think that's just not going to happen. But what's promising for Pollard is when you look at yeah, the first half, he kind of struggled to get you know one yard here, two yard here. But then he had a 12-yard carry in the yeah. uh, third quarter, had a 14-yard carry. So mm-hmm. I saw flashes of that explosiveness again. So yep. it's, it's in there. Difference being, Rico, he comes in, he's fresh legs, and he's playing loose. He's playing loose football so it kind of goes to what Brian is talking about um there's a mentality of it as well where Tony is the franchise he's on a franchise tag he's trying to do his best to to play for a multi-year contract and maybe he's pressing a bit and maybe he's overthinking it yeah I, not so coincidentally, though, Rico is on a contract year also, quite as it's kept. I mean, yeah. he's only on a one-year re-up, right? So he's playing to stay as well. But it's not the same. There are levels to this, right? When you're the franchise tag and you're going for franchise money, Rico is just trying to stick around. But he's like, you know, I'm just going to play football. I've been waiting for this opportunity yeah. to be it's great. It's his first so, opportunity, Right, really. so yeah. he's he's fresher when he comes into games. He's playing more loosely mentally. Um, and his vision has just been slightly better than Tony Pollard. Like we're talking about, there are situations where you would like to see Tony Pollard feel this and hit that. Well, Rico comes in and theoretically in that same play, he sees that and he hits that. So that's why he's able to rattle off and, and average, what, 6.6 yards per carry yesterday? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's a great thing to see that the Cowboys' rushing attack took a step forward yesterday. That gives you hope for what it could be going forward. Um, but don't don't press it. Just continue to let it organically come, especially when you got guys like CeeDee Lamb going crazy and now Brandon Cooks is involved as well. I mean, let the passing attack be the passing attack. And then I, I think this is the perfect situation where – 
in the Jason Garrett administration, as Brian likes to call out. I yeah. love that he calls <laughs> it that. In the Jason Garrett administration and the Scott Linehan, you know, era, it was established to run to set up the pass. Well, now uh, Big Mike is, is out there establishing the pass to set up the run. And if that's what's working, and it clearly is, by all means, continue it. Yeah, I think uh, not everyone is meant to handle X amount of work, like an extra load of things. Mm -hmm. And and it takes away from from your focus and what you're best at. As an example, and correct me if I'm wrong, wrong. with my memory. <laughs> it was too easy. I, was, I wasn't going to get it. It was too easy. Consider yourself correct. It was too easy. Don't worry. You set yourself up. How far back at some other point? I'm sure. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> no, but remember when, when Mike uh, was the one wearing the um, communication? Green, green dot. Yeah, green. What is it called? Green dot. The green, the green dot. dot. And you could see his game being affected by it. And then that changed, and they took that away from him. Uh, so where I'm trying to get at, sometimes when you add something else Me that too. you have to do mentally, it messes you up. Where you don't, you're not as con- you don't have the same amount of concentration, and now that takes away from from what you're the, you're good at. And maybe that maybe I'm just there's I'm a just lot of pressure. There's yeah. a, no, there's a lot the pressure. of pressure. Yeah. There's it's a lot of pressure, pressure on him because. They got rid of Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. They moved on from Ezekiel. Now they you're said, the man. you're the guy. Yeah. And now he's feeling the pressure of everybody in, With only the, a year to prove it. in the, everybody in the world talking about the lack of a Cowboys running game. Could, could, you feel that. Do you think that this should be, uh, especially watching what happened yesterday, do you think this should they should make it more of a, I don't know if it has to be 50-50 split, but more, give me more p- Dowdle. And maybe you'll get better out of out of Pollard if you're because we talked about this last year a lot uh, from the standpoint of a two back system versus, you know, just having one guy who's the predominant guy. I wonder if it should be the same thing this year, just with different names. Now it's Dowdle and Pollard as opposed to Zeke and Pollard last year. I think they need to work on their perimeter run game more. I mean, because to me, inside run seems to be the problems that they're having, especially with Pollard. You saw yesterday the toss, the things that, the things where they can get the ball, the flip. Yep. You know, if they could get Dowdle going downhill, he's a hard guy to deal with. That's going to be a four or five yard play. We'll see with Pollard, but Pollard looks more comfortable to me trying to navigate the edge than he does navigate guys inside mm-hmm. so i would i would try and, and focus more on and then all of a sudden you get good at the perimeter game then now defenses naturally will stretch right and when they stretch then then your inside your inside zone stuff and things like that that you want to do start to become a little bit better yep i mean i agree that if you theoretically if you play Rico a bit more, then obviously you're, unless it's two back set, you're playing uh, Tony a bit less, which which they did a little bit yesterday. Right, as well. I was going to say because the splits were almost even yesterday, as far as the handoffs are concerned. Um, but it also goes to what contextually, what type of plays are attached to those reps for each individual player. So, for example, if you're Tony Pollard and the majority of your 12 to 15 touches uh, are going to be the dirty runs up the middle, that's going to wear on you much more than if Rico's 12 to 15 touches tend to be off of the edge and getting Mm -hmm. him into space. So that has to be looked at as well. I I think that's definitely a conversation to be had, but it's it's more of a robust conversation than just simply saying, okay, let's do a 15 to 15 split or 20 to 20 split, 12, 12. 
Um, what types of plays? I would say mix those up as well because Tony has shown over the course of his career that he can be explosive in space as well. So maybe it's saying, well, Rico, do more of these dirty work runs and, you know, we'll share that load that way and kind of spread the spread I think, it around. I th- Bobby and I were doing a podcast this morning. I think Bobby said this and I forgot to look it up. I'm trusting him. He said that Pollard was lined up as a wide receiver 12 times yesterday. Twelve. Wow. That's, I thought it was a few, only a few times. But no, that's wow, what Bobby. 12. Bobby, do you have the position? I, I, can I check I, it, out it right should. Now. I should know better than to trust anything Bobby Belt's telling me. <laughs> Love you, Bobby, but no, we Love you, Bobby. Bobby no, but yeah, but I, there was some. Bobby said there was there, twelve in times in the wow. snaps. There were opportunities. Twelve. And I felt that was a lot too. But now he might also be talking about because there were a number motion, of times motions. motions. There yeah, were a lot of times yeah. they ran empty yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So, so Pollard was only running back on the field, but he was out. He yeah. was lined up out wide. So if he's talking about that, I, that makes. I'm going to blame him if I'm wrong about yeah, that this because I think Bobby was talking. But th- but there were several times at least I know where he was lined up when they went empty or they put him out there. Yeah. Uh, in out in the out in the flat. Well, that, that's something we'll probably have to go back and chart on the film because I hear what Bobby's saying. And Bobby is. I love him to death. He's really good. As He's you wrong, know. then. It's what you're um, saying. <laughs> could be, though, because, you know, based on what our next-gen friends are saying, uh, Rico lined out wide only one snap. Not Rico. He said uh, – I thought you said Tony. 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 Yeah, Tony. 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 Go back and get Tony. Yeah. Talk it up. Which, again, I, I do think that's possible. I chart the games as they're going on, and I think Tony was lined up wide. Yeah. They went empty a lot yesterday. Right. Um, which I was a little bit surprised at, but it's starting to become a regular part of their offense now, so it wouldn't surprise me if he was out there 12 times. Uh, okay. So, there you go, Bobby. Right, seven times. Seven, seven times. times. Okay. Tony Pollard was. He probably said quiet. seven, and I just added it up because <laughs> I'm an go. idiot, you know that kind of thing. But yeah, <laughs> seven times. Was. Seven times. So that you know, Jerry Jones talked about that on 105.3 The Fan that maybe you were going to see something different formationally, scheme wise, mm-hmm. with Pollard, and that was the little nugget he threw you. So seven times they threw him outside there. So. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. That's a wrap. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more big picture around the Cowboys, around the NFC East, and even the NFC. This thing is interesting, getting more and more interesting by the week. Minnesota. Minnesota rolling. All right, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you,